Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Strapping on the tools of the trade a little bit late. Got the headphones on. It's like strapping up before a big game. You know, you put the headphones on, you get mentally psyched up, ready to do the one-hour sports talk show known as Two Guys at a Mic at the Talk Zone. Big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. David Olson, our producer. We got lots to talk about. A lot of titillating tidbits, news and notes from Ted Nugent all the way up to NHL hockey from Mega Million winners down in Red Bud, Illinois. I love it. I love the couple that won that down in Red Bud, Illinois. We'll do the baseball roundup, wrap them up, all that and more. A little bit of music and then we will kick off in the 35-yard line. Also, primarily, uh, David Olson, I know we're waiting for the big dog to check in here, primarily because uh, myself and the big dog got into our age-old officiating umpiring philosophy argument. We did not get to the NFL play on playoffs, the NFL schedule that was released yesterday. So we'll go over that uh, briefly, briefly among the news and notes and titillating tidbits today as the 2012 NFL schedule is right there for you. I did go through it. I've already held, I'm totally NFL intensive here in the offseason. I've already gone, in my off time, I've held about four or five mock drafts already. One of my favorite things to do. I highly suggest people do that. Uh, ideally in the privacy of your own home. But a couple rounds, you don't want to do all 13, 14 rounds, but do a couple of rounds of a mock draft by yourself. 14 rounds. Close the door. Not all 14. Just a couple of rounds. It's a terrific no, no, thing. There's, to, not four, there's only seven rounds in the NFL. Whatever. Draft. Whatever. And Big Dog, I also mentioned, uh, you know, because of our big argument yesterday, we did not get to the Chicago Bears NFL schedule yesterday, also with the door closed. In the privacy of my own home, I went over the entire 2012 Chicago Bears schedule, and I've got us going 14-2. and two. How are you, Big Dog? Yeah, I, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Of course, one of those losses is late in the year when uh, they bring Caleb Haney back just to start one ball game. <laughs> no, surprisingly, we lose the opener. No we way. lose the final no, game and the no, 14. No. Huh? No, 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 no. There's no way. Andrew Luck is going to get punched in his face the first ball game he plays in the NFL. Let's just lay that down. Mm-hmm. I've got the I Bears slipping. The Bears are going to lose to Andrew Luck in week one of the NFL season. Do not. Whatever, Coach. Well, Let's I've got him losing. I Andrew Luck game one. I don't think it's going to be Andrew Luck, but I think it will be a revitalized Indianapolis Colt team, surprising, upsetting the beloved Bear. All the fans would be going berserk. We then, oh, according to my calculations, Big Dog, we win 14 in a row before I'll slipping up against Detroit in the final game. I will take that as long as Detroit doesn't <laughs> end up 15-1 and one at that point. So I will take that. I will. I have no problem with a 14-2 and two season and mm-hmm. the Bears get embarrassed by losing to a rookie debuting in the NFL. Yeah, why are we playing the Seahawks again? What's that? Why are we playing the Seahawks again? I thought we were done with the uh, uh, okay, AFC. Here's, here's, here's how here's how the here's how the NFL does it. Okay, every 
four years you play the other four divisions in yes. the other conference. So that's so who are the Bears playing in the oh they obviously they're playing the AFC South this year, so they're also playing the Titans, yep. Texans and uh Jaguars. Yep. Oh cool, that's they're three and one. That's worse during that during right. that stretch. So that that's why I was confused. I would have thought nothing against the Seahawks, but I would have thought the Seahawks is off the schedule. How did they sneak in? Well the Seahawks are obviously in the NFC coach. Oh I forgot that. Are you sure? Okay. I thought they were an AFC team. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> One day you'll you'll learn how many rounds there are and how whatever, Coach. Uh, okay, I hate so argue with it. Okay, you're... anyways, they're they're in the NFC West. Ah. The Bears. I don't. I'm not sure. The Bears will be playing also every single team in another <laughs> NFC division this year. One of the other three. I don't know which mm-hmm. one it is. It could be the NFC West. Mm-hmm. And and they will also play the other two divisions. The Third place team in that division, no matter what. Okay. Which might be the Seahawks in the NFC West. I'm not sure everybody was in third place, mm-hmm. I believe, in that division <laughs> because nobody was good enough to win it. I think uh-huh. the whole division was third place. Everybody we are at uh, at Arizona. We're at Jimmy Harbo and the San Francisco 49ers. That could be interesting. We host the Texan. Um, we will be hosting the Carolina Panthers, year number two for quarterback extraordinaire, and we are at Jacksonville. And at Dallas, those are some of our non-conference games. Okay, so I, I'm because the Bears also play at home against the Rams, so the Bears are definitely playing the NFC West mm-hmm. also. So the AFC okay. South, the NFC West, their division two times, and then the third place teams in mm-hmm. the uh, in the NFC East and the All NFC right. South. There right. you go. That's how that's how they figure out the, the your conference in the NFL. Coach. Thank you very much. 14 and 2 is what I got him. Did I hear correctly, by the way, that the, I don't know what channel it was, Red Zone, NFL, ESPN 6, that there was like a three hour show devoted to the releasing of the 2012 schedule? Did you hear anything like that? Or God forbid, yeah, watch yeah, it? Yeah, there was. There, there absolutely was. And people could say that's overkill, blah, blah, blah. And you know, it is. It is if that's the type of fan you are. I didn't watch it, but I will guarantee you that if I was. Like watching television, well, I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I might have snuck to that and checked it out. And you people can complain about it, but it's the NFL Network. They're, what they're supposed to do, give you live yeah. coverage and in-depth analysis. They yeah. released the schedule. They gave you three and a half hours of live coverage and discussion on it. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't call it overkill. Yes, yeah. it is. But there are people out there who love the NFL so much they get it. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and especially if it's the NFL Network. David, I, I highly recommend you go to YouTube and catch the highlights. It's about uh, 12 minutes of the releasing of the St. Louis Rams schedule on the oh, no. NFL Network. It was really was scintillating television. No, no, don't forget, uh, there's a Charles Barkley that works for the NFL Network. Hopefully Warren Sapp was there to comment on the releasing <laughs> of the St. Louis Rams schedule, yeah, and right. then you'd be right, Coach. Yep. Instead, you know, you're you're being sarcastic, because, yeah. you know, could you imagine? Yeah, thank you very much. By and the way, does Rich, Rich Eisen get stranger looking each and a good announcer? Does a nice job, but uh, looks like He's battling some kind of foreign disease that nobody's told him about. You know, you should be careful because that people joke about that yeah, and all of right. a sudden, like, you know, uh, you're, right. you're hugging some guy crying. So I didn't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, you know, I'm yep. so embarrassed. I'm ashamed. So yep. you got to be careful. All right. So I'm, I'm off to a bad <laughs> start. If you're keeping you score right. at home, I've already butchered up uh, uh, how many rounds there are in the NFL. I forgot that about 12 years ago, the Seattle Seahawks jumped from the AFC to the NFC, and I made a politically incorrect comment about a uh, announcer who could be sick. You never know it. So no, 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 that's not politically incorrect. That's just insensitive. Yeah, 
All right. So it's, yeah. it's a rough start to the show, Big Dog. I may need you to pick me up today or maybe one of our no, fine. No, no, you're doing it's got it's got to be the last couple of days of Chicago sports is what it's done to you. Woo. Don't even be mad. Wow. Okay. Man. Even though I do believe the White Sox won a game yesterday and yeah. uh, Alexei Ramirez made like the highlight play of the season. Oh, so I didn't far. see it. Uh, he went into the hole diving, when when he dove and I mean it was an absolute he all out effort dive, coach. It wasn't hey let's get up, dirty dive up okay. the middle or towards third. No, in the hole, so okay. towards third. Okay. okay, and when he caught the ball, he like bounced up on one knee and from one knee. Wow! And I didn't know who was running. I just saw the play before we went on uh, went on air right here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure which particular player it was so but but it was so quick. He could have got a guy with decent speed, and I don't think anybody else besides. Uh, well, Derek Jeter, about 10 years ago, when his arm was still a cannon, could do that. And Troy mm-hmm. Tulowitzki, other than that, Alexei Ramirez can play some shortstop. Was it, when you're uh, talking about highlight real plays. Where, where, in the top 10 defensive plays, the web gems, where, where did they come in? It was the number one play number one. of all It was the number one play of all wow. sports last night. Wow. i got to check that out. You've heard me say it before, Big Dog. I don't think he's the best Baseball player in Chicago, but uh, I've been saying this for the last three, four years, as far as excitement to watch, he's one of my favorite players to watch, Alexi Ramirez, because of plays like that. He'll make some mistakes, but he can be spectacular uh, in a variety of areas, including hitting when he's hot. Yeah, he, he's electrifying. And, yep. and I, seriously, Coach, it, I, I put, it's, uh, the White Sox are down three. If any team is down three, and the bases are loaded, and it's late in the game. Out of anybody in the whole city of Chicago, he'd be the guy who wants to come to the plate, and he's only going to hit 15 home runs a season. Mm-hmm. But for some, you're right, he just seems to do stuff when it counts. Mm-hmm. Of course, in April, I don't know what he's batting coach, but I'll bet you it's like 150 right now, isn't it? Because yeah. the guy never hits until like the middle of May. Yeah, he's and actually doing rest. a little bit better this April, but uh, I think it might be like 230, 240, but he's okay, not. Okay, well, that's like. At this point, that's one hit yeah. so far this season. Yeah. I think it's, they're, they're so young. So. And I don't think people realize, Big Dog, you're a guy that's uh, meandered down on a Major League Baseball field on occasion, not as a player, but as a fan. And once I think you streaked out on the field. But uh, uh, Cindy from Cinemax said, don't worry about it. There's no YouTube videos. Don't bother checking. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is people don't realize how far that that throw is from the hole. You know, on TV, we watch it, it looks that's routine. That's a major league field, Coach. That's the, I mean, in high school, the base, the base pass are 90 feet. Yep. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You hit that ball in high school, you, every shortstop tucks it. If the third baseman doesn't get to the ball, legitimately one, one shortstop in every single high school conference could probably even have a decent shot at making mm-hmm. this throw. It's, talking about it really in the hole. We're not talking about like five right. feet. You know, this Alexei Ramirez was like four feet out into the grass. Coach, I think the infield, I think the outfield grass and the infields are the same size, mm-hmm. like in high school as yeah, they you are. Might be right. You know, and to be yeah. honest, I I don't think I ever saw anybody from the grass in the hole throw anybody mm-hmm. out in high school. I never saw. That and ever. he Not did it from time. his knee. And the other part of the equation to how spectacular that play is: try throwing a baseball because so, sometimes you'll do it as a drill with kids to work on mm-hmm. arm technique and take the arms out of it. But, you know, throwing from a sitting position or throwing from your knees, and it's incredibly difficult to get any power on the baseball, on the it, throw. It is. And I, I don't, when you see this, I want to let you know, was it way towards third base? 
Okay, you know what I'm saying? But still, he was on the grass. I mean, it was towards the third base side, but it was it was about halfway between uh, second and third mm-hmm. when he was on the grass doing mm-hmm. it. And that's that's at least 120 feet, 125 feet on your knees. Wow. Wow. White Sox knock off Baltimore 8-1. to Three-game losing streak is over. It's all over. Jake Peavy, big dog, was awfully good. And a couple of guys that haven't hit did hit yesterday. Let's hope it's a breakthrough game for them. I doubt it, but let's hope Gordon Beckham and Adam Dunn both came up with big hits. It's hard to have a breakthrough game in baseball. Yep. Because sometimes early it is because, like, if – but still, I mean, these guys have struggled for so long, and it's been like year-type struggle yep. for the both of these guys. They have to have like a couple weeks. And actually, it wasn't. I mean, if you watched Adam Dunn, I'd love to say it's breakthrough. I still think the guy is, is struggling mentally. Dunn, he looks like he's shy. He looks like a guy who's trying to convince himself. He still has it, but he doesn't. And basically, he got walked three times. I didn't see the first couple, but the third one was four balls, not even close. Uh, he struck out once, and the one hit he got, a big one, a couple of RBIs, but it was kind of a slap shot opposite field. And when you're talking about Adam Dunn getting in the groove, I'm not sure that's the kind of hit. It was almost, it was kind of just an opposite field little loop-de-loop, big dog. So maybe he's not yeah. out of the slump. Yeah, yeah, I, I would not call that out of the slump because uh, let's face the fact, everybody knew when they signed him, he's only going to, even if he's going to hit 40 home runs, he was only going to drive in 75. You know, runs that wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna be that productive because he was gonna walk so much. Well, no one's gonna walk him now. You know, he's never on base and no one's gonna start walking if he's getting blue pits to the opposite field. Mm-hmm. He has to, yep. he has to drive the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, I'm rooting for the guy because I did think he handled extreme adversity. Extreme adversity last year. I thought he handled it well. I'm rooting for him, but my instincts tell me. He is a guy that just has completely lost it. He's trying to remain calm. He's trying to act like he's confident up there. But, it, uh, again, I'm rooting for him, not against him. But it looks to me like a guy that has completely lost it and might not ever regain it again. I've never seen a player have a season as horrific as he did last year, okay, yep. ever come back and be good again. Let alone players that had a bare, just just put it as this way, just have a extremely bad season, like mm-hmm. a, a Mark McGuire in nineteen ninety two, where he hit like two oh one and asked not to play the last game, so he didn't bat yep. below two hundred. Yep. Well, the next year when he came out, he was awesome. Well, you know, Adam Dunn is so it's plus a year when you're talking about over a year being this bad coach. It's not really if the question is mm-hmm. like he is done. He he has to prove it now. The only thing good about Adam Dunn is if, if you're a White Sox player and you think or, or organization, you look at four years, fourteen million a season, fifty-six million dollars. Well, with the economics of baseball right now, that's it went from being an unbelievably bad signing to only a, a really, really bad signing because fourteen million dollars a year now they middle infielders are wiping their butt with it. Yeah, so that's 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 like finding a real thin silver lining in a very dark. <laughs> I'm not sure that made us. Feel a whole lot better, but uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to. We don't want to spend too much time on baseball, but again, the White Sox did win. Cubs lost again in a dramatic fat, not dramatic, but in um, convincing, emphatic. convincing, yeah, undramatic fashion. Florida no, emphatic. They got yeah. hammered yesterday. That's, that's was... even a better word. Mark Burley though pitching for the uh, Miami Marlins. Kind of weird to see Burles uh, a career 
lifelong White Soccer now playing for the Miami Marlins. He pitched well. You know what? I got to tell you something. I'm ex- either Mark Burley put on a bunch of weight in the offseason, or the new Marlin uniforms are not thinning whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you would think the Marlins, especially with the type of concept that they're putting on at that new Marlins park, where have you did you see any of the pictures that are going on there, Coach? There, there legitimately were more girls in bikinis at that ballpark <laughs> yesterday than there has been in the history of Wrigley Field. And I'm, not, I'm not talking about bikini top. I'm yep. talking about like high heel yep. bikini walking around the park. Thank goodness, because it's the only thing beyond the fifth inning. It was the only thing that kept announcer Bob Brunley awake during the game. Were they, yeah, how often do they show it on the on the telecast? Not enough. Okay, because <laughs> I was I was you know listening, with the Bulls game on, and listening to the game, and doing uh-huh. a bunch of other stuff. And everything that I was doing on social media, all it was was picture after picture after picture. Hey, I'm at Marlins Park, and they're showing guys just all over the park just taking pictures with girls in bikinis. Uh-huh. And I swear there there was a different girl every single time. Interesting. That's, now I know Miami's been struggling. Hang out with hot chicks, coach. That's they instead of like vendors, they just have girls walking around. In bikinis, they take a picture with me for five bucks, and ah, they do. So you answered my question. I was going to say they've been struggling for attendance, brand new parks, so some of these scantily clad females are hired by the uh, yes, company. Yes, they work for the They walk around and like just try to get guys to buy them drinks and stuff. Interesting. There's pictures of girls in the bars. Some of them don't work there, though. Some mm-hmm. of them, like, and some of them, they go and sunbathe, and they pay like a $5 ticket in the outfield, and they go and sunbathe at uh-huh. like just like... They have, like, a sun deck. So girls pay $5 to go there, and the sun deck is just incredible. The, the view of the game isn't all that great, but they can. it's like a perfect sun deck. So during the game, they can have a tan, whether the roof is open or not. Thank goodness Harry Carey's not still alive and announcing in uh, Miami Marlins Stadium because his distraction factor, Big Doug, it was already not very good, but he, would, he wouldn't know who was playing by the fourth inning. In a, in a in a nine to one game, oh, especially when it was seven nothing or whatever the heck it was. Stony, what's going on on the left center field bleachers out there? The Clevelander, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to have a Budweiser in there, Stony. Uh, uh, somebody tell is Dutch, somebody tell Dutchy I'm going to the boy. library. <laughs> <laughs> boy, uh, David Olson, what a great night Big Dog had yesterday. On the, he's watching on TV. The Bulls take on arguably the worst team in the history of the NBA, the Charlotte I'll give a, Bobcats. Yes, Coach, and then on radio, you're listening to the Cubs take on the Marlins. That might be one of the worst one-two combinations of sports viewing and listening that uh, I've heard in many a year. Now, now when the game was going on, yep. I, I I was watching a lot of the Cub game at this point, and I go up and I Sorry see a guy that. named White, some guy named White on the Charlotte Bobcats, DJ White. And, and I say to Claudia, who's this guy? And Claudia said, that's exactly what Stacey King just said. And he also just said <laughs> that he turned down guaranteed money from the Bob, an NBA team of Bobcats. And nobody even knows who this guy is. And he's turning down guaranteed money from an NBA team because he isn't sure he wants to go like continue with the Bobcats. <laughs> that's, I think you're talking about DJ White. Yeah, yeah, who, if must, I've got the correct be. guy, isn't he the guy who went to Indiana and was the teammate of Darren Williams coming out of high school? And it was I could have the complete wrong guy. No, but no, 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 no. That's that's Bracy. Uh, that's Bracy. What? Bracy Darren Wright. Williams was the Bracy Wright. Bracy yeah. Wright. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, 
And isn't that funny? I, like Dern, Dern Wright, though, Dern Williams, like as a freshman, whenever when Bracey Wright was like averaging like thirteen points a game and yep. dunking over everybody, I was like, Dern Williams is better. He can dribble and shoot. Yep. Oh, Bobcats, by the way, have lost eighteen consecutive games. Michael Jordan's ball club, Paul Silas, the venerable Paul Silas, the coach of the team. They got all kinds of stuff going on. The Bulls don't play Luol Deng. They don't play Derrick Rose. They're at Charlotte and they beat him by thirty. Points, big dog. Uh, it, in your years of watching the NBA, I, I, you'd have to rank them one of the worst ever in the NBA. Okay, I didn't. I didn't see the the seventy two, seventy three Sixers team that only won nine games. Mm-hmm. And I did see the the Dallas Mavericks teams. Remember the early nineties, and they they would win like ten or eleven or twelve games like for like three or four years. Yep. You know, but, but they had like Jimmy Kidd, and I don't know. This team is worse. I mean, it really is worse. The idea that the Bulls toyed with them. I mean, they literally toyed with them. Carlos Boozer was on the bench, too. It was, mm-hmm. it was basically, uh, I would say eight through 12 on the roster that dominated for the Bulls last mm-hmm. night, and they absolutely yeah. dominated. They look like midgets. That team is tiny. Yep. How many six foot three guys do they have on their team? <laughs> like their, their power fours are six six. And My guy, uh, five five. Omar Ashik ripping down 15 rebounds, taking advantage of that that height advantage. Big game yeah, for Omar. Rip Hamilton had uh, 22 points. By the way, for all the Bull fans that I've been saying this all season long, Big Dog, and I continue to say it, stop worrying about the matchup with the Miami Heat and, A, enjoy the season that we're having and the great Bulls team, and, B, start thinking about the Boston Celtics, the Atlanta Hawks, and eh, not so much the 76ers anymore. The New York Knicks, by the way, who we could meet. Since Mike Woodson yeah. has taken over 15 and 5, and, uh, Indiana Pacers, very quietly, Big Doug, quietly. Six wins in a row, and they're beating some good teams, playing good basketball. It will not be an easy road for the Bulls just to get to the Miami Heat. Yeah, yeah, let's not forget that there's also a game tonight against the Miami yeah, Heat. So. I'd rather, to be honest, that, you know, well, we no, just, you're the one talking about appreciate the regular season. Well, and I know. The fact that this is a good team. They can clinch all that tonight, and then I'll be crossing my fingers. All I really want, Coach, is the is the Bulls to play Milwaukee in the first round. Not because I'm afraid of anything, but yeah, they kill New York. They, I'm curious, they beat the crap on New not York. Not going to happen. And, and, the Bucks, and, the Bucks know, lost yesterday, Big Dog. The 76ers won, so I don't. It's going to be Philadelphia now, Milwaukee. Oh, that's too bad. Because I, I just did, I wanted them to Deerfield to Milwaukee. That's like an hour and fifteen minute drive to the Bradley Center, Coach. Yep. They would have been. They wouldn't have had to get on a plane for two weeks. You know, anybody with back issues, all that other stuff. You know what I mean? And it's it's an hour and a half drive from Deerfield to O'Hare, and mm-hmm. then you got to get on a plane to Philadelphia or I, New York, wherever they have to. I do enjoy watching Monte Ellis play. I have no idea. Maybe I was on vacation. I might have been in a drug-induced coma. I don't know when it happened, but Monte Ellis, one of my favorite players in the NBA, all of a sudden became a Milwaukee Buck. When did that occur? Um. Right at the trade deadline, and then right after that, about five days later, we had this discussion. Uh, Rick Barry had to come to the defense of the new Golden State owner, and he said, he's trying to win, guys. I have no, I have had conversations with this man. Remember? <laughs> Remember? No. Oh, you know, oh, you didn't see the Rick Barry and the, when they, no. at Chris Mullins' uh, number retirement ceremony, they, the, the Golden State fans, after they b- traded Monte Ellis, like greeted the owner with like he couldn't he could it was like the Hawk fans during Jim Cornelius and singing the 
national anthem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the funniest things I, I think who, I've ever seen. Who did they trade him for? Paul Mokeski? No, so there was a, it was a three way deal. I have a life coach. I'm no longer I'm no longer Geekazoid stat guy, in, but he was traded in a three way deal right. that also involved uh, Orlando Magic, the Milwaukee Bucks, mm-hmm. and the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. And uh, somehow the Bucks got. Interesting. All right, so they got Brandon Jennings and Monta Ellis in the backcourt. That's that's good. That's fun uh, to watch. Brandon Jennings is a good basketball Woo! player. If he could ever overcome the fact that he's tiny, yep, he could be really good because he's killed. Oh my goodness, he is everything I said about Alexi Ramirez of the Chicago White Sox. He's not the best player, but boy, is he exciting to watch and has that yeah. uh, sexy factor, that spectacular factor. Same thing with Brandon Jennings. I mean, that guy, he's not the best point guard, but, boy, is he fun to watch. And when he's hot, he's as good as they get. Yeah, that's definitely true. And he's only way well, he jumped right out of high school, played one year overseas. So he's probably, even though he's been in the league three years, probably only, what, 21, 22 years old. Yeah, he's, I, I, he's, I think it was the same year that Derrick Rose went to Memphis was the year that he went overseas. He was, mm-hmm. like, in that same class. He's right okay. around Derrick Rose's age. All right. Maybe hey, a year younger. Big dog, some quick news and nose tiddling tidbits, both on sports page and off, and then we have to get the meat and potatoes at the end of the show. We will, with the help of our hockey expert, Joel Radwanski, break down game four, Hawk versus Coyote. I think everybody is kind of catching the hockey fever. It happens this time of year when we play in the Stanley Cup, so we'll uh, make sure we get that. But we do got some news and nose titillating tidbit to get to first. Uh, unfortunately, on the obituary page, Big Dog, I know you're a longtime music guy. Uh, Dick Clark passing away yesterday, heart attack at the age of 82. We know his health had not been great the last four years. You know, what a great American life. Yep. And if you think about some of the people that produced a lot of television and, and was on a lot of television too, you always end up finding out so many ugly stories about them and, you know, like backstab and all this yep. other stuff. Like Ryan Seacrest, like the fact that he's even on television now and people would pay any attention to this guy when you really find out all the stuff about him. You know, like Dick Clark never had any of that, Coach. He was always for I'm sure the guy had skeletons, all that stuff. But, you know, I mean, everybody that ever worked with him was like, you know what, the guy was first rate, yep. treated me perfectly. I yep. mean, that's awesome, Coach. Yep. Created really a, cool. a dynasty, media dynasty. I think there was one minor. Minor little thing he got called in for, but uh, for the most part, you're right. He was not only a superstar, both on screen, and then he developed his own corporation, his own whatever you want to call it, behind the scenes, his own um, conglomerate, and uh, it was perfectly clean, got a lot of respect from people, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it it is a sad day. Okay. Titillating tidbit number two, also on the music front. I don't know if you've seen this, David Olson, you probably have, but... And I'm not even familiar with his music, but Ted Newton is becoming a completely over-the-top political. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, lightning rod. He, he, he has he has been for about 15 years. But getting a little more over the top, is he not? Or nope, nope. Same stuff. He's just why, getting why, more why? attention for it. Yeah. All right, David. Some of the stuff recently. Uh, I guess most recently, the quotes. Basically, Big Dog, he said something to the effect that if Barack Obama is elected again, and he said this in front of a big crowd, that I will either be dead or I'll be in jail. And many on the Barack Obama liberal front took that as a not-so-veiled threat to the life of Barack Obama. Ted Nugent came out the next day, of course, trying to uh, 
do the old Freddie back pedal Stein, but uh, that was the most lightning rod of the comments of recent. Yeah, I, I heard that. That you know, that mm-hmm. sounds typical of Ted Nugent. Okay. So he's so this is nothing different than the usual. He's been doing this for years. Okay. Yeah, he's, All right. He's pretty steadfast in his yeah, he just got a kind of a lot more attention for it because, like, a couple of days prior to that, uh, he he appeared with Mitt Romney to endorse him. Mm-hmm. So it, like, happened, you know, one right after the other. Oh, what an odd combination that is. <laughs> oh, goodness. When is November again? We got, what, about uh, five more months, six more months? What do we got? May, Seven. June, July, August. Wow. Seven more months of fun and games, Big Dog. Plenty of sports guys talk politics in the next seven months. I know you're thrilled about that. Uh, you know, I, I just I just want to know how hard it must be for those two men to have the two-by-four shoved up their butts every single day as they are the, the puppets on the campaign trail for the next eight, eight <laughs> months or whatever the heck it is, seriously. Uh, if I ever get a chance to ask I, I, I get so disgusted with it, Coach. I, I Honestly, when he, like where the money comes from and what these guys say and then actually mm-hmm. what they do in their offices is just complete it's not a circle it's like a line it's just like forever it's been happening like this in the united states all right item number three on the news and no titillating tidbits again our phone number here if you want to check in if any of the tidbits light your particular fire you want to check in make a comment agree disagree or possibly change the topic feel free to do so coach and the big dog at your service 888-463-6748 the phone number item number three big dog the mega million winner in the lottery. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, finally the Illinois couple's name and uh, picture and story is released. They're from Red Bud, Illinois, right near the Missouri border. Small town. The perfect couple. Perfect couple. You couldn't have picked a better couple to win it. I don't know. What did they get? $178 million, But uh, Amy and Merle Butler, your mega million winners from Red Bud, Illinois. Have you ever gone to Red Bud? Uh, Coach, um, I've never been to Red Bud. But Quincy, Illinois, is yep. right on the the border of Missouri. Is Quincy and on I the have, Red Bud border? I have, I have a, a a best friend named Butler. Okay, and those first names that you just said sound exactly. They sound British. Okay. Wow. And the Butlers are British. And all of a sudden, Butler moves up in uh, Chicago, buying a big fancy home. Oh, <laughs> uh oh. You know what? He, I mean, I don't know. Money's already changed him, it seems like. Wow. I mean, seriously, they're already giving money to family members that are coming up to the city of Chicago. This is a little crazy, Coach. Wow. This is good to know, though. I got to, I got to, is... I don't know, maybe I should go over there and ask for some beer money. <laughs> it's different than the story I read, because the story I read on this couple is they're going to they're gonna stay in Redbud. I don't uh-huh. know how long that'll last, but they're going to stay in Redbud. They're not planning to spend any of the money. They've met up with a financial planner. Their whole focus right now is how to smartly invest the money, and they might take a trip later on. I don't know if that will continue with that theory, but Big Dog, if you ever won the uh, Mega Million, paint a picture. How would you appear? What would you be doing? What would happen to the Big Dog? Would you remain well, level-headed? How much, how much money in the Mega Million? I think uh, what, they went 100 They took home. I think they took home. You're going to take home 110 million yep. after taxes. After okay. taxes. Okay. After so taxes. Their their cut was their cut was like 180, 190 or something. And they they wanted it right away. So the government gets the 25 percent. Yeah, it works out better that way. If yep. you do it over 20 years, you end up paying more in taxes. Yep. I would actually invest uh, 25 thousand dollars for advertising for our show. That's 
that's all. That was the first thing I would That'd do. That'd be the and first then all thing. Of a we'd have listeners. All right. I think I'd buy. I'd buy out the Schaumburg Boomers minor league team and become owner of the minor league team. Well, I would. I would upgrade the stadium. I don't really. I, I think they need a. If I was gonna. If I was gonna actually buy a team, I would have a lot better stadium than those. I mean, they're decent, but not good enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not like, hey, let's go to this minor league park because of the mm-hmm. stadium. All right. Very good. Item, uh, item number four on the titillating tidbits, news, and notes. One of the great coaches of all time, arguably the greatest men's or women's, Pat Summit, steps down as the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. Big Doug, let me throw some numbers out, and then you can comment on it. 38 years of coaching, eight eight national titles. I mean, that's Johnny Wooden category there. 1,098 wins Patricia Summit retiring yesterday. Of course, uh, she has early-stage dementia, the main reason for that. Uh, all those numbers are absolutely unbelievable, especially considering that it wasn't for the early-stage dementia. She could be extending those win totals, the national title totals. But there's one number that could never be surpassed in the history of college sports that should be recognized more often. Pat Summit's graduation rate for everybody that has attended uh, as a lady vol playing basketball for Pat Summit is 100% graduation wow. rate wow. at Tennessee. That's that will never be top bullet coach because you can't give 110% when it comes to graduation rate. You can only give 100 And everybody has graduated that has played uh-huh. basketball at the University of Tennessee. Wow. You know, they call, they call Johnny Wooden is called coach, right? Uh-huh. You know, and that's like the greatest, greatest compliment you can give him. You just, you know, call me coach. When you think of coach, you think of Johnny Wooden. Pat Summit in the women's game, you could very easily call her coach. I mean, she is the Johnny Wooden of the women's game. I don't think that's going too far. Uh, I, it's, to be honest with you, she is more ingrained with women's basketball than John Wooden is with men's basketball. Mm-hmm. And if you consider, uh, they had all the players at UCLA. I'm not knocking John Wooden at all. I love John Wooden. John, let's get this straight. And when I say this, I'm saying everything with the utmost respect for Coach Wooden. And I think Coach Wooden is the greatest coach in American history. But you cannot downplay how big Pat Summit was because, I mean, she took college basketball when hardly anybody watched it. And all of a sudden in the, in the early 80s, they had 10,000 people going to, University of Tennessee women's uh, basketball games. Mm-hmm. The rest of the conference didn't get 10,000, you know, for all their particular home games. So, yep. A brilliant, Crazy. brilliant 38-year career. The only slip-up in that 38-year career, and a lot of people slip up when they become somewhat engaged with uh, Bruce Pearl, but was when uh, she wore the cheerleader outfit and stood behind the bench at the men's game while Bruce Pearl took off his shirt and went shirtless with a large... I think T for Tennessee at the women's game. That was not one of the brighter moments of the Pat Head Summit career. I would have to say she handled it. Bruce Pearl did it first. So she was like, okay, I'll come out. And she did it. I thought yeah. she handled it all right, to be okay. honest with you. She yeah, did it right. first. You're right. All right. Next up uh, is basketball-related item number five of the titillating tidbit news and notes. Here on the two guys at a mic show talk zone. Um, mentioned, mentioned this yesterday, Big Doe, but John Calipari must be a proud man as all five Kentucky starters. And three of them are freshmen, two of them are sophomores. Uh, the graduation rate, not quite what Pat Summit had at Tennessee. All five Kentucky guys announced at the same time they are going 
to the NBA, Big Dog. Now, I, I got to be honest with you, this isn't like the 80s and 90s. I'm not completely familiar with everybody on Kentucky's starting lineup. Uh, you know, I, I know Kit Gilchrist and all that other stuff, and then Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is going to be number one pick, and it's, that the question is ended at that point. What about the other kids? Are they well, all going to be first-round picks? Marcus Teague, the point guard, Jeff Teague's brother, I would think he's pretty good. And again, yeah. you okay, know, yeah, freshman, yeah. so he's going to get better. Late first round. Yeah. Doran Lamb, who'd be uh, hit some big baskets in the championship game. And he was he's all kind of long. He's, he's probably, long. huh? But he's like, I've got that real long body. Too. Yep. Very athletic. A lot of upside there. And then the fifth guy is, uh, the sophomore Terrence Jones. So I, yeah, yeah I think all five of them are going to be first round picks. Well, if you're going to be first round pick, there's, and you just won a national title, that's not a bad time to go. Nope. Of course, you can do what Florida did, and everybody comes back and they win it two years in a row, and then all those guys go to the NBA mm-hmm. and they're starting when they're going in there instead of being bad. You know, one more year of college couldn't have hurt all those guys. Mm-hmm. So it would have been cool if they said, hey, you know what, we're all coming back one more year. Yeah. Too bad. Very hard to turn down multi-million dollars, which a lot of the guys will be uh, guaranteed. But that's probably the first time ever, right, that a, that a team has had five underclassmen? Or will it be the first time ever that a team has had their entire starting five, if in fact it happens, picked in the first round of the NBA draft? Uh, I bet the, it will. I, we're going to have to check uh-huh. the either the 1999 draft or the 2001 draft. It was either the year Duke lost to Kentucky, or Connecticut in '99, or the year that Duke beat like Arizona in 2001. Like they had all five players drafted in the first round. Really. Was that Grant like, Hill, uh, Bobby Hurley, and that crew? No, 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 not those guys. That's early 90s with the Christian Leitner and Hurley and all those guys. I'm talking uh, like the Jay Williams, Will Avery, Shane Battier. Well, in, or... in, in, ni- in 1999, you had Elton Brand, uh, Trajan Langdon. From Alaska. Uh, Corey McGetty and Will- William Avery. And they went in the top 15, but wow. that's only four out of the five. Wow. Okay. And you said 2001 was the other one? Uh-huh. All four of those guys. William Avery, I forgot about him. Trajan Langdon from Alaska. Yeah. So it proves that if you, oh, you want high draft picks in the first round of the NBA draft, yeah, good luck. You just got Trajan Langdon. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And Will Avery, that he's worked out in the NBA. <laughs> Own brand, number one. Yeah, he really changed a lot of uh, organizations. Thank you very much, Chicago Bulls. Won at like a 35% clip. Never mm-hmm. beg for higher draft picks. If you want your team to lose for higher draft picks, that's a perfect example right there. Mm-hmm. The voice of reason, the voice of history, the big dog, Joe Rodwanski. How many sports talk hosts out there can fire out a 1999 right off the bat and come darn close to it? That's pretty amazing. I couldn't tell you the 2002 draft. Well, I, the- I knew that they all sucked. That's all, I knew that they would, that all the Duke, none of them made it. And right when you said Corey McGetty, that was mm-hmm. the draft I was thinking of. Right. Was well, Corey McGetty's had a decent NBA career, and Elton Brand has been a, a good, solid player for a number of years, so he's far from the bust. the number one overall draft pick, Coach. I don't care. He's the number one overall It's okay. He's produced. There's nothing wrong with 15 points, 8 rebounds a game. But I remember what my point was, though, was the Bulls, like purposely were bad going into that year. Remember, they they as an organization they cut everybody. They're like, yeah, we're cutting ties just to let everybody know you want to keep your season tickets because we're rebuilding and we're going to get a top pick and this year's draft. Oh, and then we got the number one pick. We're going to mm-hmm. build around. It was like they were. That's how they treated it. Well, and they, that's how they treated the fans. They were like, yeah, well, we're going to lose and just keep your season tickets because we know what we're doing here. No, you didn't. 
No, no but that's, that, that's, that's fine. You can criticize the Bulls' uh, incorrect philosophy, but don't blame it on Elton Brand. And when they drafted Elton Brand, I'm trying to go back in time here. I think my memory is pretty correct. He, even though he was the number one pick, he was not going to be an NBA super superstar. You pretty much figured he was going to be a, you know, solid NBA player, rock solid character guy, and he's he's kind of lived up to that billing. Yeah, see, Coach, but you and I have common sense when it comes to projecting a basketball player. We knew he wasn't going to be a game changer, but a lot of people are stupid. Okay, and they're like, oh, okay, that's going to work. He's the number one overall player. Put on, and it put ridiculous expectations on Elton Brand, mm-hmm. and it was like it was just a slap in the face to all Bulls fans. And then when they were stuck again, it was like, "Oh, so it's okay. We're getting high, more high draft picks." And you know what they did? Two years later, they took Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. I love Tyson Chandler, and I did at the time. I, I liked it, but I, what it took? How many years before he was good? Like eight? I don't know. That's just just a point. Talking about let's not root for high draft picks ever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help. All right, well, they're not going to get a high draft choice this year, that's for sure. going to be right on the bottom of the first round, and that's a good thing. We'll talk a little more NBA playoffs as we go along. Yes, David? Uh, doing my research, uh, Kentucky did the exact same thing two years ago. Really? In 2010. Five guys. Five guys, Who and they them? all went in the first round. Uh, John Wall. Yep. DeMarcus Cousins. Okay. Uh, Patrick Patterson. Yep. Eric Bledsoe. And Daniel Orton. May, Daniel Orton was a first wow. rounder. Yeah, went to the Magic in the twenty ninth pick. Guy that he didn't even start. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if you think about it, all those players, two of them are good. And and I'm pretty convinced after the two seasons in the NBA that only two of them are good. And John Wall is going. The, the the Wizards are so bad. It's hard to judge him because we don't know if they're bad because he's that bad. Or they're just so horrific yeah. that nobody could be good. He's pretty and, good. Uh, Arthur Cousins can play, coach. Yeah, he's a knucklehead, but he can play. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna age a lot of coaches over his NBA career. But unfortunately, as much of a jerk as he is, he's a pretty good, talented player. Yeah, he is. Yes. Yeah. And just, just wonder, do you remember the Bulls were actually they only were like the eighth worst team in the NBA when they got the number one overall pick with. They got really lucky in the, in the lottery that year. Two percent chance, something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Two, three percent. They, they got lucky in the lottery several times. Yeah. Yeah. Hint, hint, yeah. hint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so the point is, if you're in Chicago, don't ever, please, don't ever try to be bad. Don't ever, mm-hmm. ever try to do that. Yeah. The same way the New York Knicks, David Olson, got lucky when they got the Patrick Ewing pick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And if you look in years where the number one overall picks were guys like. Andre Bargnani, when there was nothing that was of great significance, teams like Toronto gets the number one pick. Or it's, it's hilarious how it happens. But when there's, you know, like when it was Shaquille O'Neal and Orlando had the brand new stadium and all that stuff, oh, Orlando ends up getting the number one pick mm-hmm. that year. So interesting, interesting. All right, big dog. Uh, good job in the titillating tidbits, news and notes, both on sports page and off. But right now, uh, the news at hand here in Chicago, hockey fever is spreading. I know I've caught it, uh, not full-fledged, but about 80% case. I'm 
taking a little ointment for that and has uh, swelled down a little bit, but I expect it to go in full gear tonight. Game four, Hawks and Coyotes. A lot of stories coming out of this matchup. You got the whole goalie, I don't know what to call it, a controversy, but can Corey Crawford come back confidence-wise after giving up a couple of huge goals, including the game winner? You got the suspension, an angry Blackhawk team. Game four at the UC tonight. Hockey expert Joe Redwanski, what do you expect to see in game quattro? Uh, well, I definitely expect to see a very, very intense, uh, United Center fan base tonight. This is going to be, going to be all out bloodbath tonight. I mean, <laughs> uh, I definitely expect to see the Hawks be a little bit more aggressive for checking and all that other stuff mm-hmm. because they can't be dumping and stuff. They need to actually attack more often, coach, is, is what I'm trying to say because it seems like they're too, they were too sloppy with the puck. And they were just dumping it. They need to actually try to control the puck more often than just try to dump the stuff and chase it down the ice. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing we've got a pretty, it's not for sure, but I was hearing the talk yesterday that there's a fairly talented 19-year-old youngster who might join Kane and Taves on the number one line, of course, taking the spot of Marion Hosa, who certainly won't be playing today. He might miss the entire series. We're not sure. But that'll be one of the things to watch, Big Dog, a young potential star of the future getting thrown into the frame. But from what I hear, kid's pretty good. From uh, He's supposedly lightning quick. He's, yep. got, a, he's got a blast. And, uh, you know, the, he's a, definitely part of the Hawks' future. I, I can't pronounce his name. What is it? Moosh Mwash? Is it something like that, Coach? What is it? 19 years old. I don't know. I was hoping for you for the pronunciation. I'm not yeah, gonna... I don't, yeah I, I'm not really sure. Because somebody uh-huh. else told it to me last night. And we were in the midst of drinking Canadian Club at the time. <laughs> well, that would explain it. But, uh, all right, so not so much, I mean, I'm with you here on this too. Not so much dump and chase, but control the puck. Yeah. Make some plays. Yeah. And they've got the talented players to do that too, particularly playmaker extraordinaire Patrick Kane. Yes. And, uh, you know, the whole winner for Sosa thing, Sosa, Hosa. <laughs> I believe that. Play for your, play for your fallen comrade. You know, I can understand you get a little shaky when you see the guy scraped off the ice. You know he's all right now. Go out there and play your butt off for him mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and make, and make the Coyotes pay. It's hilarious how a week ago I could care less about the Coyotes coach. I could have told you Shane Doan is on the team and that's it. I couldn't have named their goalie. Okay. And now I hate their goalie. I hate their coach. <laughs> I hate the whole organization. Okay, seriously. I hate the color off maroon or whatever the heck that ugly color of red is. I mean, red is a beautiful color, vibrant. It could be fiery, all kinds of stuff. They're like, hey, let's make it dull and ugly. I mean, that's, that's, that organization is jacked up. Okay, and, so, and coyotes, all they do is, I mean, they, they eat small dogs. They mess with your children. I mean, they're a predatory animal of the weakest kind. Mm-hmm. Joke. It is, by the way, I remind you, a franchise that is owned right now, correct me if I'm wrong, by the league, right? Because that's how bad of a joke they are. Okay, I don't want surprise. Uh, they're getting every single uh, call in this in this series. Because mm-hmm. they, they have to get two or three playoff series, uh, or that, that franchise might go under. They need the extra revenue of the playoff games, or they're in a lot of trouble. What a surprise! The Blackhawks can't get a freaking call in this series, and I and I very rarely bit I very rarely complained about calls. The Illinois game, the championship game in '05, and and definitely in Game Three of of yes, there was that was bad. Coach. Mm-hmm. 
Well, ex post facto, they have uh, indefinitely suspended Rafael Torres. He'll be meeting uh, with Brandon Shanahan in the NHL offices on Friday. So Rafael Torres is out of the game. Now, let me ask you, Big Doe, the retaliation factor. A lot of the meathead fans out there saying the Hawks have to go after him. they got to hit somebody, particularly one of the better players on the Phoenix team, the aforementioned Sean. Is it Doan? Shane Doan. Shane yeah. Doan, their team captain. But the Blackhawks, to a man are basically saying, the first of all, they're not a physical team by nature. Second of all, they're saying, uh, you know, the best retaliation is just to go out and win the game. Are you buying that talk, or do you expect 100%. to see a much more physical Hawk team? 100%. I, yes, I, I wouldn't mind them being more physical, not for the retaliation part, just because this is playoff hockey, and they have to notch it up a level. They haven't been physical enough. And I'm not talking retaliation part on that. Okay. Honestly, from the deepest part of our, all I care about is a W. I don't care how the Hawks do it tonight. I want them to get a win. And, and to be, and we all know, I, I mean, you don't, you don't tell a Porsche to go ride off road. No, the, 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 the Hawks are a Porsche. Let them be a Porsche. Okay. All this, yeah, a couple of guys should go out there. A couple of the goons maybe every once in a while and rough them up for a little bit. But the rest of the game should be the Hawks trying to create an open flow of an offense. Instead, it's wow. been them afraid to even handle the puck. It's like a freaking hot potato for those guys because they're afraid to get hit. That's so, David Olson. Cart that up right there in our, our uh, show promo. When we go for an award at the upcoming Lubitron Awards, that that was solid, Big Doe. That was 30 good seconds. Now, i got to ask you, did you what was the comment he made that, that uh, you said so? Oh, um we are, we're a Porsche, and you don't ask a Porsche to go off-road. Did you borrow that, or was that big dog no, off, off the cuff? It just, it just came off the head. That was solid. That was solid. That, okay. That might, you might be nominated an award for an award somewhere, big dog. That was impressive. Look, I, quick, I, I keep on getting nominated for Lubitrons, so trust me, that is not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, the, the consolation prize is not exactly what you want or where you want it. For those that aren't familiar with the Lubitron Awards, basically they came out of really, to be honest, big dog frustration between you and me because we can't get nominated for any other radio. We don't even know what the awards shows are. So it's the old, if you can't join them, what's the expression? If you can't beat them, join them. Well, that doesn't apply either. We decided to create our own award show, and they're called the Lubitrons, and it's the only way, quite frankly, we can win any kind of an award. Thank you very much. That's nice to know. But we do have to talk to the trophy designer because last year's was uncomfortable in more ways than one. <laughs> I wish it was more Oscar-like is the best way I can say. <laughs> oh, goodness. By the way, uh, Pittsburgh. You see this score? Pittsburgh down 3-0 to Philadelphia. They win yesterday 10-3. to The Penguin showing a heartbeat. Uh, Penguin showing a heartbeat. If you don't mind, I'm going to bring up the other uh... – the other 1-8 series, you're talking about the fact that yeah, who Vancouver, won? Vancouver also showed a heartbeat last night, and they beat the Kings. Wow. So the teams that were down 0-3, okay. both won on the road to now go home down 1-3. Well, we saw this last year with our beloved Blackhawk. So if you remember what I said to you, Coach, I, I, I thought both series would end in sweeps because that happens in hockey. It seems like when teams get up 3-0, they, they usually put a team away. Mm-hmm. Well, Honestly, I'm not trying to create, oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, when one team wins 10-3 to and then gets to go home, well, if the, if the Panthers win, Penguins, excuse me, if the Penguins win, 
they're going to have a lot of momentum down 2-3. And the same thing with the Canucks. If they win in Game 5 at home and make it 2-3, I know there's, I know both those teams are still down. But all of a sudden it's a 1-8 team, and it's also a team that just won 10-3, and it's also a team with Malkin and Crosby on it. Mm-hmm. So these could end up, the news can get really, really tight. So, but then again, everybody remember they're still down, and the other teams can finish at yeah. home. But you're talking a one eight. Then the eight team would have to beat two more games over the one. Yeah. So, but you're right though. A three zero sounds insurmountable. But here's what happens: if it's a big if, but if you can win that first game, okay, what happens is then you come home and you got a little momentum. In mm-hmm. game two is, you know, it's not a lock, but it's a pretty good chance you win game two. And now all of a sudden, when you go back to the other team's place, the yeah. pressure's on them because they are thinking, oh, we have to win this or we're going to be in trouble and we don't want to blow a 3-0 lead. So uh-huh. bottom line is the 3-0 series can turn around uh, fairly quickly with that first victory. Especially if it's lined up with, uh, like if it, when it's the other way and you can finish a team out at your home yep. on game five, you don't really mind that you lost that third game. Yep. But it's the opposite, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. All right. Uh, what was the Vancouver score? Because that was uh, late at night and my uh, non-speaking interns did not give me the uh, score sheet before the show today. What was the score? Um, like? The score was like four to one, but it was two one in the, it was two one in the third period. Mm-hmm. And the Sedin twins, oh my goodness. Those guys get away with everything, coach. And Heinrich Lundqvist, I don't know why he should not, he doesn't belong in the NHL uh, the way he's playing right now. That guy <laughs> throws more elbows than John Bones Jones, okay? And John Bones Jones is the greatest fighter in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I said non speaking interns, that would be correct, non English. Speaking staff of interns, big dog, because as I you know, know from being here, they talk a lot. They're very verbal. We just can't understand and they don't speak English, but uh, I, I spoke incorrectly there. They're not non-speaking. They're non-English speaking. Thank you very much. Did you, get a, did you get a chance to talk to the crew when you were in here on Monday? Um, I, actually, uh, I was talking to Hub Arkish and I asked him about uh, his uh, jewelry. Really? And his earrings and stuff. No, that's right. I've been. Well, I haven't talked I to may, him. Uh, I may have an up close and personal with Hub Arkush uh, coming up. I believe he is the featured speaker at a senior awards banquet that I am the uh, MC for. So a I haven't senior met. Senior awards banquet. Are you talking about for elderly people or for high school seniors? High school seniors. Well, that's no fun. Come on, those guys. You can't make fun of them. But, it's, but you know, you can make fun of somebody who's 85 and tell a joke. It's hard to tell a joke about somebody <laughs> 17. It's hard to emcee those events. Trust me. <laughs> High school events are no fun to emcee. Yeah, we'll do the best we can. But I'm looking forward to a meet and greet and possibly a uh, grope. Meet, greet, and grope. A hub our arkush. God bless you. Hub arkush. God bless you. He does a show here each and every Thursday. He does a phenomenal job, big dog, of avoiding me. It's unbelievable. He picks the studio farthest away from us. Whenever I get done with the show, he like he's hiding behind the desk. And quite frankly, I can't blame him. <laughs> Wife does the same thing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 888-463-674 and our phone number coach of the Big Dog spanning the sports globe on today's show. Big Dog, we didn't get to the baseball round em up wrap em up and that's actually a good thing because unless you got something on your notepad, there really wasn't any dramatic happenings yesterday in baseball. Uh... One thing I want to note to the rest of the baseball world is there is a sensation playing in Oakland right now, and his name is Jonas 
Alexis Pettis. And, oh, my God, that guy can flat out hit. Now, he was crushing fastballs in the, like when they went to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Since they came back, they've been throwing him nothing but junk. Well, the last couple of days, he's figured out how to hit the junk. He hit a ball uh, yesterday that left California. What position I mean, does he play and what country is he from? He's the center fielder from Cuba that got uh, four years, $36 million, mm-hmm. and it looks like the Cubs should have signed that kid. If he was playing for the Cubs right now, everybody in America will at least know who the kid is. Mm-hmm. And it's he pronounced like Jonas, not Jonas? Jonas. I don't know. How, Yeon, no, I don't know. It's Y-E-O-N-I-S. You figure out how to All say right. it. I haven't seen him play it. I haven't seen him play it. I mean, I've heard about him and read about him, but I have not watched him play, and he's playing for your very own Oakland A. Yeah, all it is MLB Network. Every time the guy comes to the plate, they put him on it. They just, okay. and you're just in awe of how hard he swings, okay. Coach. By the way, we should mention it is confirmed one of the more colorful players in Major League Baseball out for the season. The beard, Brian Williams, reconstructive elbow surgery dog. He's done for 2012. Yeah, Brian Wilson done. That's uh, you know, he's been a closer for the last couple of years. Not much of a surprise. I mean, okay. to be honest with you, he's had the shoulder and elbow mm-hmm. issues the last couple of years, and and the guy would pitch through it. Eventually, that wears you down. Now, I know in surgery, very quickly here, because we got to wind up the show, they will typically shave body hair. Will the beard be gone for the elbow surgery, or will they let them keep the beard? Well, unless they're taking uh, the, the ligament from his jaw, <laughs> I don't think they're going to actually have to shave off his that's, beard for that. That's the kind of hard-hitting analysis you get on this Lubitron winning award show. All right. Dog will be, uh, God willing, we'll be back again tomorrow for a, a wrap-up of the week, okay? Uh, uh, well, it's tomorrow Friday. Last time I checked. Oh, yeah. Give me a quick pick. What's the Hawks score tonight? Uh, Hawks will win 5-3. There it is. There it is. 5-3 Blackhawks. We'll see if the big dog is right or not on tomorrow's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys that are Mike signing off. Have a great day.